Welcome to Talking Facts, what you need to know about family, food, finance, and fitness. Hosted by the University of Kentucky Family and Consumer Sciences Extension Program, our educators share research knowledge with individuals, families, and communities to improve quality of life. Hello, and welcome to Talking Facts. This is your host, Dr. Jennifer Hunter, Assistant Director for Family Consumer Sciences Extension at the University of Kentucky. Today, I'm pleased to have joining me Dr. David Weisenhorn, our Extension Specialist for Parenting and Child Development. Welcome, David. Thank you for having me. This is great. Today's topic is one for all parents because I know it's something that we all struggle with, but helping your child cope with separation anxiety, and maybe you could even give us some tips for helping mommy and daddy cope with separation <laughs> anxiety as well. But this is a hard one, David, yeah. from from when our kids are, are really small and we're having to leave them to daycare to the first day of kindergarten or maybe even the, you know, school throughout, even to when they start to get older and maybe they're going to overnight camps and and sleepovers and just separation anxiety is tough. So I am all ears for any advice that you have to share with us today. Well, and it's real, you know, and I appreciate that, that introduction in the sense that it is a big deal. And I think most parents deal with it, uh, whether we deal with it ourselves with our own anxious feelings about being separated from our children or whether the children are feeling anxious about separating from from the parents. I will and, openly admit I have separation anxiety. <laughs> well, and I'll openly admit that I wasn't really good at this early on when my children were real young in starting in schools and things and beginning that separation anxiety. And so I've learned a lot as I've gotten older, as we often do, that that hindsight is is 2020, right? So we learn a lot from our mistakes. Hopefully I can share some things that may help us even as we have older children, and I'll kind of point that out, but I'll start with some of the younger, dealing with younger children, and maybe if you have an anxious child, as I do, sometimes just being away from each other can be difficult. And so one of the tips I would recommend is just practice saying goodbye. You know, I've got, so my son is is six years old, and so my goodbyes are oftentimes, I I am a hugger and a kisser of my kids. I am unapologetic about that because I love them, and I think most parents can understand and side with that. You don't have a teenager yet. but Yeah, I was going to say, but my son is getting to the point to where kisses on the lips are now as becoming less and less cool, and so I'm trying to honor that in him. And so one of the things that we can do when, we, when I talk about practicing saying goodbye is trying to identify the way that our children like their goodbyes. Do they like them with a high five? Do they like the hug and the kiss? My daughter is is eight and does not mind at all to put her arms around daddy and, and give me a kiss before she goes into school or goes to a friend's house. But my son, again, he kind of likes the high five. And, and so we talk about what our handshakes are. We practice those goodbyes, you know, because he likes that. And, and also it helps them understand that when I do this motion or when I give you this kiss and hug, that it'll be until we see each other the next time that this is kind of the finite piece. So it may be bear hugs and high fives, or it could be a secret handshake or a secret word that we now, instead of saying, you know, if, if your teenager doesn't think it's too cool to say, I love you, then maybe it's it's something that, that the two of you have, have identified is the way that you'll say, you, I love you without saying those three words. Yeah. Well, oh, I could tell you all kinds of teenager stories. But I, I will say this because, you know, teenagers do quit talking. They get a four-word vocabulary of, okay, good, fine. You know, it's very, very limited. But I can get I love you on text, and I, I will take that. Yeah. 
that, <laughs> that, you know, I'll text him something. I'll say, love you, bud. And he'll text me back and I love you. And I'm like, that, that, that's good. That's a yeah, that's, for me. So I'm texting might be texting. a good way. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. I, I gotta I gotta bring that into the current time. <laughs> You're right. The other I think the uh, another another good idea is to stick to a routine. You know, growing up, I had a military father and or a father that was in the military, and he loved routine. And so we really strived on routine in our household. That's the way we operated. And I think routine is good. And for this reason. It's important to understand that children who are tired and who are hungry are oftentimes have a higher rate of anxiety. And I think that's that makes sense. And I think it's true of adults, mm-hmm. right? When we feel tired and, and, and hungry, that we are more susceptible to feeling anxious. And so that's important, especially if we're talking about a goodbye in the morning before school, then getting the children up in time, getting them fed getting them ready for the day. You know, one of the things that's unique, and it may not be unique actually, about the school that my children go to is that we get a school calendar every week of what's going to happen day to day. Right. Uh, you know, and that might just be the order of the classes that they're going to attend and not so much about the content. But my son asked me, again, he's the one that I think is a little more anxious in the mornings. He'll ask me, Dad, what are we doing today? And I can give him, I can read off the calendar, hey, buddy, you're going to be going to this special today. You're going to go to PE and music today. And and he can get prepared for that as he's eating breakfast. And that really helps him, I think, reduce some of what the any surprise that might be coming throughout that day. The other piece to that is with that routine is, is trying to get your children to school, if it is a school issue, early in the morning, right? Getting them there early. And it may be swim practice. It might be a ball game. If they're anxious and, and they tend to feel anxious about going to game or play a game, getting them er- there early enough to warm up a little bit, get used to the fact, see where mom and dad are sitting on the sideline or in the gymnasium can be really helpful. I think that that's a a great tip. And with our little girl, she's not necessarily one that's struggled with much separation anxiety. She's kind of a see you later type kid, (laughs) but she's had a lot of change in her world this year. She changed schools and just, you know, dealing with things in a different environment. And it is very important to her that she be early. She doesn't want to be on time. She wants to be 10 minutes early for school, that she's really stressed that at home. And she's the same way about what are my specials today, that she really and truly wants to know What's her day going to look like? She wants to make certain that she is there in plenty of time because I still think she's still figuring out her new environment, but she wants to make certain she's there in plenty of time to be able to, you know, go to her locker and kind of get her day started. And what you said about sporting events, especially I think if you're, child is, because sometimes there's a lot of anxiety or pressure that goes along with sporting events, being there early enough that they get to get settled, they get to know where mom and dad are, they can do a little thumbs up, like I see you, you see me, that that really and truly helps, helps our kiddos kind of just feel at peace with what they're doing. And us too, right? I mean, yes, it does. You know, yeah, you know, it's, it's somewhat about me, David. Well, it, no, it's about me too. It, it is that deal of, of getting there and getting set and, and not feeling rushed. And I think the more we can reduce that feeling of being rushed or having to hurry up and, and, and being disheveled, the better off our children are at feeling less anxious. Uh, one, another thing about that, I think, is just being able to, to educate them a little bit about what that feeling is in their body. And I think reading is such a good way. I love the Llama Llama books. So I'm going to put that out there. I'm not endorsed by them. So <laughs> that, this is not an endorsement, but it, it, in some ways it is. The Llama Llama Mrs. Mama 
is a great book, and it was one my children read. And it's about, you know, again, the, the llama's got some anxiety about right. being away from mama and helping them understand what that really is, that that's one, that that's common. That's a normal feeling to feel a little bit anxious or nervous when we're separated from our loved ones, but then validating that feeling, but then offering them some sort of solution or tip as to what they can do when they begin to feel that in their body. And, and for me, I feel better when I get to talk to somebody. And so I share with that with my children of that, you know, if you start to feel that nervousness inside, maybe you could just talk to a friend and, and maybe that will subdue some of that and, and allow you to not feel so much of that in your body. So, David, as a parent, and I'm mm-hmm. going to tell the story on myself, that our oldest, he did not start daycare until he was 18 months old. He'd gone to an in-home center until then. And the first day I dropped him off at daycare, he was a little clingy and a little, you, you know, because it was all a new environment. Mm-hmm. I was very, very anxious, and I had tears. And and so about 20 minutes after I dropped him off, my husband called me, and he said, daycare called. And I was just immediately went into, oh, no. oh my goodness, I'm going back to get him, you know, just all this. He said, they wanted me to call and check on you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, our boy's fine. Um, they wanted me to call and check on you. And it was really kind of that moment that I realized I can't do this to him. So I kind of set mm-hmm. it as a goal then. Well, my kid's going to be the one that walks in kindergarten and never looks back. You know, that I really wanted to tr- tr- truly work on my separation anxiety as well as his separation anxiety to just try and help him in life. Now, I am going to say he did walk into kindergarten and didn't look back, and I sobbed and cried then. And my husband's like, this is what you've been working That's, towards for five years. <laughs> this is the end game. This is what we're going. So pretty, yeah. it, pretty much we've established it's a no-win situation for my husband. But how can you help parents yeah. kind of through that process as well? You asked that question, but really you answered it in what you shared. It is modeling that positive goodbye. I really appreciate you being vulnerable and sharing that because I don't think in any way that is foreign or unique to you. I think my wife experienced that. I know that she experienced that because I got those phone calls two minutes after she left with, you know, full of tears and sobbing and and just how sad she was. But it is, it's as difficult for parents, I think, as it can be for children in modeling that positive goodbye, just going in, hugging them one last time, giving them that kiss, whatever it was that you practiced in the in the interim, you do there and you turn around and you walk out. And when you start, when you get to the car, maybe you fall apart then. And I, I think it really is just trying to give that big, the, the child, the big confident smile, have a confident posture and walk out and, and just do that. That's so true too about wait till you get to the car. That's essentially my motto on things that I know that are tough for my kiddos because I just feel that with them that it's wait till you get to the car. And, and you know, sometimes I have to make a quick exit and that's, that's okay, you know, <laughs> it is okay, um, yeah. but I don't want them to take on the anxiety that I have about whatever it is that they may be experiencing. Yeah, and I think I think there's an additional point to that, and that's just show excitement. You know, I can't tell you how many times I have heard parents talk to me in front of their children about how miserable school experience was for them. And I know that's just one context here, so I want to I- I- acknowledge that, that uh, school is just one context in which a child might feel anxious when there's separation. But if a parent is beginning to 
to speak in front of the child about how certain situations make them feel anxious, it only makes sense that the child's going to pick up on that and then feel some of that anxiety in that situation. So the best thing we can do is show excitement and be excited about, oh man, you know, when your children get up and say, I don't want to go to school, this idea of saying, wow, school is great. School is a lot of fun. That's where you get to see your friends and you get to learn new things and just being excited genuinely. And and sometimes it can't, it's not genuine, right? Sometimes we do, we, we don't like it or we didn't have a good experiment experience about going to the dentist or something of that nature, where again, we're going to have that small piece of separation, but just to try and be excited and and not sh- not bluff and show your hand to them uh, and, and let them know that you too are feeling anxiety. Do you have tips on how we might be able to coach our kiddos through, let's say that they're going to um, something that they're excited about, you know, maybe it, it's a sleepover at a friend's house mm-hmm. or maybe it's summer camp, something that they're really looking forward to doing that you know they want to do and you want to help them do it, but still they have maybe this anxiety or apprehension that's holding them back from it. Yeah, I think focusing a conversation on, well, when if these feelings arise— you know, you can ask, begin to ask, have you ever felt this way? Or what's it feel like for you when, when you are away from mom or dad? And allowing them to know that this may occur, like this feeling may come up when you're at camp. And what can we do when that feeling arises? And sometimes that can be, you know, people have those little worry stones or a, a buckeye that they like to keep in their pocket and rub. Maybe it's talking to a friend or seeing a counselor. Maybe it's uh, going and sitting alone and thinking about things or writing in a journal maybe coloring or being distracted. So I think there are some things that we can do to talk to our children about preparing for situations that may arise, that anxiety may be a part of it. And helping them understand it's okay to miss mom or dad and it's okay to miss home, but you're getting to experience something that's new and different and that will be here yeah. When when this experience is over, our oldest really likes camping, he likes summer camp and he's done you know week-long summer camps, I guess since he was got out of 5th grade. This summer he was gone for 16 days. Wow. And I really thought this is a, you know, that's a pretty big test because he's a freshman in high school. He did most don't allow phones. He did get to take his phone with him so I could have some communication, which greatly helped my separation anxiety. <laughs> but I also think I think it it helped him feel more confident too that sure. he had some way to reach back out. Now I did not hear anything from him till like day twelve. Mm-hmm. Besides, I would send him a text daily that said, "I need to know you're alive," and I would get <laughs> back a text that said, "I'm alive." <laughs> but then, like day twelve, I started getting a few more words, which just kind of told me he's getting ready to come home. Like he's yes. he's had enough. He's he's ready to come back. But that you know, I know that it's not always an option, and probably not the best until they're older to be able to have some type of communication line back. But we did talk a lot about before he went of what an amazing opportunity this was going to be for him and how many new people he was going to get to meet and the experience that he was going to have are really and truly lifetime experiences and just really focused on what a neat opportunity it was and how excited we were for him because I didn't want him to go in with any apprehension. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think it sounds to me like you handled that really well. And the fact that he had that, the phone and be able to communicate. And I think as, a, as children get older, there will be opportunities for them. And there can be things like when you are feeling this way, let me know. You know, I, I don't want you to feel nervous. Your child was away for a long period of time and there could have been a time in there where he started to feel lonely and maybe coming home wasn't an option. 
And yeah, so yeah, being coming able, home was not an option. And for so him, yeah, so. and so to be able to reach out and at least connect with you and let you know and where you two could connect and, and maybe give him some more of that confidence. I think that's a really good point and, and one that parents should also consider. And I made him hug me before we left the house. And I think right. that's good. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's so right. he didn't have to hug me in front of his friends. Yeah, you go. He went on two Smart. big he went on two big trips this summer and one of them they left like at three AM and before we left the house I said, You're hugging me here or you're hugging me at the bus and I suggest here and <laughs> yeah. he went with that. And he so, got, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well good. You got your hug. That's yeah. important. Yeah. Thank you so much, David. I this is something we could probably talk about for an hour plus because so many parents do experience separation anxiety with their kiddos or within themselves. And I just think talking about it and realizing that it's a completely normal emotion and expression. And then also thinking about how it is as we as parents can help model the behaviors to help our kiddos through these tough times. Well, I'm so glad you had me here. (laughs) Thanks, David. Uh Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Talking Facts. We deliver programs focusing on nutrition and health, resource management, family development, and civic engagement. If you enjoyed today's podcast, have a question or a show topic idea, leave a like and comment on Facebook at UKFCSEXT. Visit us online at fcs.uky.edu to learn more about the University of Kentucky Family and Consumer Sciences Extension Program or contact your local extension agent for family and consumer sciences. We build strong families. It starts with us.